Ding 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 welcome ding 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 to another episode of remember ding 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 pretend the bees are chime ding 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 let's breathe none of y'all even breathe okay a few of you have told me that you don't breathe. But let's pretend. Ready? Ding, 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 ding. Inhale. Hold. Ding, 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 ding. Let it go. Breathe it back in. See if you can just hear the chimes. Hold. Let it go. And one more. And hold the breath. So silent, but generate the chimes. Let it go. Welcome, fam. <laughs> I don't have the chimes with me. And I want to record this podcast. So thank you for joining me today. My name is Sophia. This is episode number 12 or 13. I forget. I am sitting in a hotel right now. It's been a day of traveling, driving to the airport, waiting in the airport, getting to another airport, getting to a hotel. And here I am. And tomorrow at like 3 a.m. I'll be heading out to do a few more flights and make my way to Costa Rica. So interesting going back. I lived there for a few years and it feels like I haven't been there in lifetimes. But really, it's only been a few months. I was there in July. So time is such an interesting thing. How is everyone doing? How are you feeling? How's your life flowing? How are you doing in this earth school? Gosh, every freaking moment, I'm learning so much. Like a forever student. And I'm so grateful to be able to carry that with me because I know that every moment is for me. The triggers, the projections, the beauty, the bliss, whatever I want to label it, it is all for me. Just like every moment's for you if you choose to see it that way. But when one's in the triangle, it's challenging to see it that way. Gosh, side note, what I really realized today is connection for me is not linear. And it's interesting because a lot of people feel that connections are linear. We've hung out this many times. We've talked this many times. So now I feel this close to you. <laughs> like I have not worked that way ever, I don't think. My connections for me are instantaneous. Like I feel your soul. I feel where your soul resides. Even if one is closed off and not very open, heart-centeredly, I still feel their soul. And I feel that magnetism. I feel that connection. For me, it doesn't deepen over time. I was like looking back and seeing if that was different with any person. And it's, it just, it doesn't for me. It's very interesting how some people are like, oh, I don't know. They use time as a way to like 
judge someone's actions and and um, allow those actions to determine if one is going to open their heart or their field to another person, which is fine. I'm just like, whoa, we all have such completely different operating systems. And my way may not be your way and your way not may not be my way. And just like my truth isn't your truth and your truth is not my truth unless you choose to resonate with something I say and choose to take it on. Not choose to resonate, but if you just automatically resonate and it feels like your truth, then that's your truth. And truth is the most malleable thing. Like truth is changing, fleeting, growing, evolving, shifting. It's not something that's locked and fixed. So if one is white knuckling their truth, that's a definitely a place to look. What within you is so attached to this being the way? To this being the truth? And what is it covering underneath? Like what is not being looked at because that quote-unquote truth is being so hardcore attached to? It's interesting to navigate um, certain conversations when I see the ways that one is just grasping so tightly onto something, an identity, a label, a being the victim. They're so attached to it, like grasping for dear life. And so much so that sometimes an identity is formed around it. Like this is my identity and now I'm grasping onto this identity. And I'm going to make my whole life about this identity now. You know, like it's going to play out constantly because this is my identity and I'm going to stand strongly for my identity, which great, awesome, amazing. And it's just all this is my own reflection. Like I can't say any of this if, if this isn't me, you know, just saying, even if I'm saying you, I'm meaning me. Can I just like blanket statement that I say it in like almost all my podcasts, but let me just say it again. Um. Because for me, it's like shifting more and more out of identity. Out of whatever I label and identify as. It's just embodying what feels most in alignment for me and not needing to white knuckle that and not needing the world to know it. The more I unravel the illusion of me as a, a solid fixed truth, I'm like a lot is is shifting, is falling away, is dissolving. Like I have this tooth that has a root canal in it and it's up front, like bottom right over. So if you look at the bottom right middle tooth, over two more. And I want to get that root canal out so bad, but I also don't want to get an implant put in because, because I don't want to get an implant either. So I'm thinking I kind of want to just get it out and can I be with that? Can I move through the world with a freaking front tooth out of my mouth? <laughs> can you imagine? Part of me is like, no effing way. The same part of me, I'm looking in my, the mirror right now at myself. My hair is, it's a little longer than it was. But when I was, what, like two, 2017 or something, I was like deep in a kundalini immersive mystery school. 
And I was getting magical as fuck. I was seeing through the veils. I was seeing through other people's faces into the fullness of who and what they are transcendentally. Like the beings that were coming through everyone that I would look at. I'm like, what the fuck? Does anyone else see this? Like, did I eat mushrooms this whole week? But I was waking up to a sliver of what I'm capable of. Long story short, I would meditate in my eyes every day, in my own eyes in the mirror in the big practice room. Um, and I would just be like, I'm ready to hear your wisdom. Like, what will you have me do? And I told myself, it came through like, shave your head. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I probably already told the story too on here. No fucking way, man. I am not shaving my head. Like, that was my identity. It was really pretty. It was sun-kissed and sun-tanned. And people always said, your hair is so beautiful and I love your hair. Shave your head. A lot of going back and forth, I finally shaved my head. Staring at my own eyes in the mirror, I did it myself and shaved it off layer by layer. And that allowed me to let go of a lot of identity that I was like grasping on for dear life, holding, hiding behind, <laughs> like for real. So that sent me on a whole journey. Each phase of the hair growth like brought out so much in me, different energies, different embodiments and I used to break out hardcore a lot of you who have known me before I used to get cystic acne I have some scars in my face from it deep cystic acne sometimes they would last for months so I had a few all over face breakouts with my hair shaved and usually I would hide behind my long hair when that would happen so it's like I had to face myself in my biggest fears those were my fears like I would be so embarrassed these big like pus filled things in my face. But I got a lot of lessons in what it was to be a being outside of identity and to love the part of this human that was so afraid of being seen that felt like she had to look a certain way to be loved and accepted. And if you listen to my podcast with Jeremiah, the first one, um, I talk a little bit about how like I became popular. I became pretty in eighth grade because my stepsister straightened my hair and put makeup on me and suddenly like I started I moved in with the popular crowd and one of the popularest guys wanted to be with me and was my boyfriend for the next and that was a lot of hell <laughs> but anyways so that became my identity you're liked and you're loved because of your hair because of how pretty you are with makeup and you know Flash forward to when I shaved my hair, I let go of the makeup thing, but it took me years to not wear makeup. It took me years to not, to be able to look at myself in the mirror without cover up on because I was such a deep programming, like no one's going to like you. You're ugly without that. So it took a lot of rewiring to be like, I'm not caking my face with this bullshit. I'm not going to tell myself a lie. It's just self-expression. No, it's not. You're putting on you're 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 covering up your lines in your acne like be real with yourself here so that was my last piece of like grasping to this identity of i'm liked and loved and accepted because of my hair it was deep-seated super deep-seated so rewrote that whole story it was such a journey uh, such a fucking journey, but the most potent and beautiful journey. I'm so grateful to myself that I, I followed that. And now it's like when I'm looking at myself, I'm just blown away that we're a society now that's like 
look at my avatar, look at me at this angle, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm still doing it, I'm uploading pictures of myself. It's challenging for me, but I'm, I still do it. I like to share my life, I like to share certain things, and of course I'm like, <gasps> I look best in this picture. I refuse to use filters, because I wanna be as real as I can be. I'm not covering up who and what I am. Oh my gosh, there was this woman on the flight today, a flight attendant, She, her hair was gorgeous, it was gray with like black in it, and I asked her, I'm like, is that your natural hair color? And she like got a little embarrassed, and she's like, yeah. Like that, you look so fucking beautiful. Like, I cannot stop staring at your hair, it is so gorgeous. And she received that so deeply. She's like, it's been a journey for me to be okay with this. And still I get hesitant sometimes to really own this. Um, but thank you. She said, my daughter's in her mid thirties and she's starting to go gray. And I'm just, I hope to be an inspiration to her because I finally love myself with this hair. I'm like, yeah, girl, because society, man, it's like gray hair. Everything's anti-aging this, anti-aging that. I'm over here like, how can we celebrate? How can we celebrate the evolution of our growth? I look at myself all the time in the mirror and think I'm from the future, looking at me in this quote-unquote more youthful, and I know I'm using that in programming language, but I'm like, whoa, look at you. You're in your, your early 30s, and wow, your hair is still all one color, like soon it's going to be gray and how, who knows how your body's going to morph and change and it's exciting. But when one is programmed to receive validation externally, it's not something that's celebrated. It's something that's avoided at all costs. Botox, get Botox. Oh my God. I like, oh whatever one wants to do, you know, I'm just saying for me and my journey, it's like, how can I embrace my natural nature? And I do as fully as I can. So anyways, can I get this tooth removed and not have one put in? Can I be okay with that? And you know what comes up? Part of me is like, I have an identity. I, people think I'm attractive. People tell me all the time they think I'm attractive that my looks are attractive. Oh, I've grown safe in that identity that I know that I look attractive. So that's certainly gonna make me not look attractive. I know I've seen people before with missing teeth and I instantly have judgments. So am I gonna lean into that space to rewrite my own programming? Part of me really deeply desires to do that. And that's a whole identity death because I don't give a fuck if there's a tooth missing but I care what other people are gonna think, how they're gonna perceive me. So that's a la layer of validation, clearly that I'm receiving externally from my environment, knowing, oh, I know they are probably thinking that I'm good looking, da da da, whatever. Not worried, not too worried, you know? But then it's like, can I walk through life confidently in myself with a missing front bottom tooth? Stay tuned, because who the fuck knows? I'm really considering it. Because <laughs> it's an illusion. I am not this body. I love this body. I love this body enough to let it be natural and not, like, put in an implant. And I'm saying this now, and if I end up getting an implant, because I paid for it already, over $1,000 to order it, then I will tell y'all. I will not hide that shit. I will be like, I did it, you guys. I got the implant. <laughs> So we'll see what I decide, but I'm, I'm playing with 
that ego death. And it feels scary. And it also feels liberating. So I'm curious if you're listening right now. Is there something in your life? Or let's do image-wise. Is there something with your image that you're like, there's no way I could fucking do that? What if it's shaving your head? Could you shave your head? No, why? I mean, it doesn't matter how you look because I like my hair like this. Okay, great. But do you get like anxiety, like tensed up about something? Like imagine you without a front tooth. Front, bottom, remember I said, look in the mirror, smile. Bottom, two teeth in the middle, the right one, over two more. I know they're numbered. I don't know the numbers of teeth. But could you be without your that tooth? Could you come up with a dope nickname for me without that tooth? Toothless Terry. Something that doesn't have another person's first name. Anyways. So we'll see. But can you imagine being in a video game, okay? Being a Sims character. Then you become conscious in the simulation you know that you're in and you think it's real because you're, you know, in, in this world that you're in. Like, of course I'm real. I'm talking to other people. They're talking back to me. Would you take yourself so seriously? Would you take the looks of yourself so seriously? I'm talking to myself, y'all, okay? I know a lot of you think I talk to you because I get messages like, was this to me? Was this to me? No, <laughs> it's not. And for those of you who listen that know that it's for you, I always tell you. I'm going to say, hey, I'm putting that in my podcast. Or I tell you after, hey, this was to you. My last podcast, I told the person before, like when we were messaging, I said, hey, I'm going to use this in my podcast. Like I'm just letting you know. And then it came out and whoa, did I get an email? And it's just, it made me chuckle. It's really sweet. Um, so... Okay, sweet's not the word, but it really gave me a, a, a place to look within myself of what's getting triggered. What part of me is allowing this to enter my field and to influence me any way whatsoever, you know? So I got to do some work around that, and I'm really, really grateful for the liberation that it provided me. Everyone has their own truth, you know, and I'm just standing in mine. And everyone's entitled to their own beliefs fully, their own full beliefs, so... Would you really take yourself so seriously? I ask myself as I look in my eyes on this freaking hotel wall mirror. And if you want to ask yourself, now's an opportunity. If I became awake in Super Freaking Mario, would I take myself so seriously? Would I be like, no, oh God, I have to look like this and I have to do that. If you knew this is a video game, it's all codes and programs, none of it is quote-unquote real, would I still take myself so fucking seriously? Like, no, oh my God, <gasps> I cannot be without a front two with the... <laughs> Please, are you kidding me? What will people think of me? Sounds like I'm making fun of myself, but I'm not. I really love myself so much, and I chuckle at how serious she takes life. You're so sweet, honey. Love you. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Wow, I just want to acknowledge you. I'm talking to myself. You guys, <laughs> I just love you guys who listen to my podcast. I just fucking ramble, and I'm really cussing up a storm this one. I want to acknowledge you for the journey you've come because you used to not even be seen without makeup, and now you refuse to kick that on your biggest organ. You stand for truth. You speak your truth. You share your heart. You're really unraveling the veils of illusion that are layered upon you. And I am cheering for you. You freaking go. You little avatar that takes yourself so seriously. Freaking go. So in what ways can one be a glitch in the system? Turn up the uniqueness a few notches or follow the authentic pool of their soul in a way that it abolishes fear. So many of us are just playing the mold, playing the system, playing the, playing the game, the way that we're told we need to play it because of fear. Like I have to work this job because of fear. This guy, this really awesome guy that drove me over here, he works Monday through Friday, an hour and a half away, okay, where he lives. And he works long days and long nights. And then on Saturday and Sunday, he drives here to Dallas and he drives from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. for the hotel. The hotels, three different hotels. And so then he goes back after 10 p.m. on Sunday and gets up on Monday and works. And he does this every week. Every week. He wasn't complaining about it. Okay. He, he was, to me, it sounded like he was convincing himself that he enjoyed it. I, can f I could feel the frequencies. He's like, yeah, it's good. It's so great. It's so, I could feel the ex exhaustion under his under his voice and not just exhaustion but the fear like he has to work those jobs has to has to has to has to everyone says i have to do this i have to do this says who well says my bills <laughs> like okay what if you could create a different program a different paradigm for yourself and i said if you could do anything what would you like to do and he said well i'd really like to go to costa rica or some beachy place like that's my dream like, why don't you go, like, go, create that for yourself, you know, well, and then all the reasons why not, you know, it's like, how many people are not following the pool of their soul because they took on someone else's programming or society's programming? I took on society's programming for, for not very long, but it seemed like a long ass time. I worked four jobs. I worked my ass off and I crushed it. Because that's what you do, right? So you can pay your bills. No one expands out enough to think, and I say no one loosely, all right, come on. I don't mean no one. I'm programmed, and I just say stupid stuff like that. And it's not stupid. I didn't really mean that either, okay? So another programmed word that just comes out. So, yeah. Typically, people don't expand out enough to think, wait a second. Is this like a prison state? Like we are all in this like illusion of freedom, but we work like 
we have to slave away for a dollar to live on an, a planet that has all of our needs that grow for free. Like we can grow our food, you know, naturally from the earth and water, clean water is in abundance. Wait a second. But I have to work my whole life to get enough money just to like pay for my housing. And But maybe I'll get a vacation. At least I have two days off on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Like what? And it's not even even. Like it's not even an even split. You know, like you're working usually for five days and then you get two days to relax. And we're like, okay, yep. But not only that, you're going to pay a shitload of money and go into debt to go to school to learn how you're going to like show up for the system that you're going to give your whole life to. <laughs> and the thing is, people think, what else would I do? Because we're so disconnected from nature. If we grew up, wow, a ladybug? Hi. Wow, that's magical. If we grew up deeply connected with nature, you just, you're one with nature. It's part of you. You're playing in the rivers, in the mud. You're, you're using the earthen materials to like craft your own products. Things mean more because you're out there harvesting your stuff. You're trading with other people. I'm just saying these things because this is my dream reality, <laughs> like a post-apocalyptic reality. Um, yeah, it really is actually. Not post-apocalyptic, let's just say a reality where, anyways, moving on, besides the point. So we just are connected with nature, we're fulfilled, we're, do you know what I'm saying? When we grow up so separate from nature, it's like, what would I do if I don't stimulate my system by like television or going out to a club or a party or I don't know what people do. Watch, go to the, the movie theater, go bowling, go, what, what are some other things? Go to the mall. What can I buy? Consumer, what can I shop for? You know, it's like those are what's fulfilling. So why not work to make more money to buy more things? Because that's how one gets a sense of fulfillment. And literally, I'm not saying this is your truth or your reality. Only if something resonates with you. And if it does, great. If you get triggered, amazing. Look at that. Like, why is your system activated over that? Because you said this. Oh, did I say, Kimberly, stop going to the mall because all you do is shop. No, that's how me and my grandma connected. My grandma's my angel, man. Like, my freaking angel. I worked four jobs and my one half of the day that I got off work I would go pick her up and like take her to the mall to get her hair done she would buy me stuff that was the way that's what I knew this was my whole life that's what you do you go shopping then you go out to the bar then you save up and you get some cute clothes and have some people over drink some wine which I still might drink wine again I just don't drink alcohol now but I'm so glad I woke up from the illusion that I created for myself because damn, that was not fulfilling. <laughs> that was not fulfilling at all. And I knew the thing is I knew that when I was super wasted. I, I shared this way early on in the podcast series. Like one time I was wasted, blackout drunk. I would get blackout drunk all the time. It's what you do. It's what me and my friends did, okay? So I came to and I thought, wait a second, this isn't even fun. I just think it's fun because I'm drunk and um, 
actually, I feel sick the next day and I spent so much time recovering, like what? And that was like a little spark of awakening for me. <laughs> Massive, like that still stays with me to this day. I'm so grateful that I got, a, I got to shift out of that. <sighs> so yeah, like basically this whole podcast series is just my journey recorded for myself as a form of my own therapy, reflections, of my own journey of awakening. Because I love to pretend to be asleep. I love it. But I love even more to awaken more and more to the truth. <laughs> because it blows my mind and it's so fun to realize. I'm like, holy shit, what? That? Oh my god. Two days ago was that. <laughs> what else is going to shift? What else am I going to become aware of? What other veils am I going to start seeing through? I don't even care anymore if uh, like it, that other people are in a different space. Before, I mean, there's a video that came up on my Facebook from me like a year and a half ago, and I was sharing with the world how it was really challenging for me to even listen to anyone because I just saw so much bullshit in what everyone was saying and could see what they were really saying underneath. It was crazy. Even the person at the store speaking half Spanish, half English. I'm like, oh my God, here's what you're really saying underneath. You're really, and you're really feeling like nervous and self-conscious right now about what I'm thinking of you. Like all the shit. And I was tripping out. Like what is happening? Is this just me perceiving me through all of them? Like why is this occurring? And just to compare that to now, it's like, I don't even give a shit. Like everything is just for me. I'm not here to change anyone. Except if someone comes to me to pay me for one-on-one -on -one sessions, I'm not here to change you either, but I'm holding a space for you that you asked me to hold for you. People pay me because they ask me to share what I see and hold them lovingly and help them remember. Remember another layer of themselves. Remember another version of what's possible. And I freaking, I love it. So I'm so grateful for the beans that come to my field that I get to serve in that way because it serves me too. I remember through your remembrance, through our remembrance together. It's a freaking trip. But it feels awesome to be in a place where I don't need to change anyone. And I used to, for people who I'd see super in their own self-created quote-unquote suffering, I'd say, I'm sending you peace, I'm sending you clarity, I'm sending you all these things that I judge that I think they should need. I'm holding a field for you of this. Okay, great. I used to really justify like how great that was, but that's the victim perpetrator rescuer. I'm looking at them as a victim. I'm not looking at them as powerful. If I was, I would, which is what I do for my clients. I give them prompts and perspectives to see in a different way so they can hold the one inside that's crumbling through a hardship or a challenge and still sit on their sovereign throne of, this is for me. This is for me. My favorite thing is when grief comes through, like waves of deep-seated grief. And I am sitting on my sovereign throne of this is for me. And I get to experience grief from that space. And most recently, anger. Because anger has been coming up from the depths. And projected on everything in my field, like especially Jeremiah, like, or the driver that comes in, anyone that can come in my field, my ego wants to project it on them. But it's so deep. It's so, like, so many things from childhood. And it's transmuting so beautifully. Anyways, experiencing it 
when I am on my throne is like the most creative, powerful energy. Okay, I'm speaking of anger right now and then I'll go back to grief. I have been creating such beautiful things from a space of holding my anger and allowing it to express through in that way. Like, oh, this anger is because I didn't get my needs met. Wow, this moment with my mom. Wow, this is anger at myself for five years of stepping over my body, what my body was saying. Whoa, this is, and it's just like moving through things I wouldn't let myself feel before because I'm in such a safe space. Jeremiah, I have never had someone who holds a space like he does. I am so grateful. This is exactly what I called in. And my home is so still and quiet and it's the perfect sanctuary to feel it all. <laughs> so anyways, grief. Woo! I love feeling grief from my throne because it is like, it's the most in intimate emotion. There's no space that it is not occupying when it comes through in waves where it feels like your bones could break, your organs could burst, your, your jaw could just like rip open, your breath could not come back in for life again. To not get lost and identified in that of I am a victim, but to be like, oh, baby girl, get it. And I've got you, that energy holy shit every moment of life is so magical heartbreak is the most beautiful sensation when we're partnered with ourselves can i lay in bed and grieve and cry and feel it all yes i know this hurts and i know this is intense and i've got you oh you want to watch a movie let's do it you want this food let's get it you are your own partner so if i look at you grieving and I pray to take that away from you. Oh, I just, I'm sending you, I'm sending you happiness. No, boo, I am not sending you happiness. I am sending you a blanket. Will you accept this blanket? And can I tuck you in and rub your back while you get those tears? And I tell you how powerful you are for letting yourself feel it all. Thank you. Thank you for feeling this. How deep can you let yourself meet your own grief? How deep can you let yourself meet your own hurt? Because we seem to be a society that's like, no, I need you happy. So I'm going to pray that you're happy. I'm going to pray that you're in peace. I'm going to pray that you're, you're healed. Guess what? Why don't you pray? And I'm speaking to myself because I'm shifting out of this. Why don't you pray that they remember that they're already healed? So the programs and illusions that are in the way can drop and fall. That's what I'm doing with my body right now. Oh shit, I already am healed. But I really love to believe I'm not. So I have like this life-threatening disease that could kill me. Poor me, victim. Literally speaking about my own experience. And I'll share it more in depth once I'm through it all. Because it's been a journey. A beautiful journey. So, yeah, I'm, I would never, I would never send you, pray for you to be joyful when your body is asking you to meet the depths of your own quote-unquote pain. Never. I would never want to take away your growth and evolution like that. 
Because meeting your own pain and being willing to go inwards and feel it all, feel the broken smashed into a million pieces on the floor feels, that is what is going to create the next fucking masterpiece that comes through you. That is what's going to determine your strength your ability to be with yourself, your ability to walk through life unwavering because you've met yourself in those spaces. You didn't hide. You didn't run away. You didn't try to change it to happiness. You were with what is present. And I would never, ever want to take that away from you. That's why I cheer you on when you're crying. Someone's crying. There's going to be 10 people around you. No, don't cry. No, no, oh, don't cry. I'll be the one that's like, here's a tissue, get it. Do you need some sad music that I can turn on for you so you can really go for it? Do you want to leave the room so you can wail? Fucking get those tears. You beautiful, courageous, powerful human. I see you. You're brave. What you're doing right now is what the majority of the population runs from. And while everyone's praying to you to be happy, to put a smile on your face because I want you that way, I'll be right next to you like, how deep can you go? A little bit more? You're not crawling on the floor yet? All right. I will sit in your house with you while you let yourself go there. You feel like you want to just absolutely fucking die? Beautiful. You have reached the depth. Can you love yourself here? Can you hold yourself here? Life is full spectrum, but we seem to like really grasp onto certain experiences and expressions. How much can we expand out of our created comfort zone of what we're comfortable experiencing to meet the fullness of what's possible in our embodiment. Pain? Oh, that's painful? What Can you explore the edges of that pain? Ouch, there's a, a pain in my gut. Is it? Go pause. Go into the sensation with your awareness. Breathe. Direct breath there. Is it still in that same space? And what happens when you give it the fullness of your attention? What happens when you sit and you breathe and you say, hi, I see you. Oh, you're talking to me loudly and I'm here. I'm here to listen. What happens if you don't shove it down with a pill? If you don't run away and hide and try to change it, what happens then? When you start telling your body, I'm here to listen to you. Again, I'm literally staring in my own eyes talking to myself. I know it seems like I'm talking to you because I'm saying you, but I'm really talking to me by saying you and looking in my own eyes, okay? A million disclaimers throughout. Why? Mm, I think it's because I got an email from the last one with more projections, and but it taught me a lot. It was so beautiful because I did get triggered a little bit, and then I really supported my expansion I got to see where it was coming from and love that space and merge deeper into to God it feels like I really got to liberate parts of me through that so it's just a reminder that everything is for me even this email it was 
fully for me. I feel so grateful. So I see a part of me that's like, but now I, I want to do extra. It's the, it's the recovering people pleaser part of me. It's like, I want to tell extra that it's not, a, this isn't what I meant. And da, 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 da. I have no control of how, how anyone perceives. Everyone's perceiving through their own lens. <sighs> how deep are you willing to meet yourself? It's so cute. It's so adorable. Uh, super, super adorbs that we're in this age where people are like, oh, your darkness. I met my darkness. I love my darkness. They like wear all dark clothes. I met my darkness. I integrated my darkness. Did you? Because the darkness is the hurt and pain that's shoved way deep down inside. It's not like the, th it's, it's, it's the stuff that is like buried. It's the stuff that we like to project onto other people and, and really feel justified and it's them. Here's all the reasons why they're wrong. Instead of looking inside at the place that's projecting that make wrong and protecting itself, that's the quote unquote darkness. And it's only darkness because it's the light of awareness is not shed upon it. But that's why we're mirrors for each other. I may trigger something in you you may have a lot of evidence why it's valid. And, and that's great. You can cycle on that story. You're wrong because of this. Cool. But then the next person's going to trigger the same thing in you. Are you going to look at it then? Okay, shit. This same thing keeps getting triggered in different people. But I have so much evidence. Look at what she did. Look at what he did. Look at what da-da-da did. Or, okay, fuck. What is this telling me? I'm going to look within. It takes a big dose of being able to humble oneself. But when we don't have a sense of self, or if we get all of our validation externally, or we're seeking for the world to tell us that we're loved or that we're safe or that we're okay, tell me I'm okay. Tell me I'm like, tell me you love me. Like, that's really challenging to do. It's challenging to do even without that. Even if we feel self-validated, it can be super challenging to do, to humble ourselves. I've been getting it left, right, and sideways, humbled. And I'm finally feeling through the other side of this big, deep initiation I had. So grateful for my partner. Like when two people come into union and they're committed to doing the work together, anything that is in your field that is keeping you from being in union with your own being, with God, is going to come up through that partnership. That person's going to be the mirror that shows you you. Are you ready to see it and do the work? Are you really ready for conscious partnership? The majority of the world, no. I look around and I see trauma bonds all around me. They're in trauma bonded agreement realities. Our people, persons that we do life with are the direct match for us to meet ourselves in the edges. They usually mirror each other perfectly. Jair's triggers mirror mine perfectly. Like, it couldn't be more perfect. We get to see ourselves, the parts of us that are hiding, the parts that are buried, we get to see ourselves through each other and we're both committed to doing the work. So we both hold impeccable space, even when we're projecting hardcore. Him better than me. And I'm getting better and better and better. <laughs> I'm a fast learner. That's something else that triggers me. I'm freaking fast and I want him to be as fast as I am. He's teaching me patience and to slow the fuck down. And I also need to do that in every moment of my life. Those are little things compared to what we are being schooled in right now. And I just went through a massive and it, it was being 
freaking stepped over and shoved down since childhood. It was buried by coffee, by caffeine, by the Percocets that I did for years in my 20s, the alcohol that I did, then move that into stimulants. I'm so sensitive. Stimulants may not be that much for other people, but for me, it shoves everything down and I'm on a whole other system. Cutting it all out and sitting with myself in silence all day, every day, literally like 12 hours a day. That sounds extreme, like 10 hours a day. No joke, all day, every day. I have met those depths that I didn't even know at the time were down there. And it was, it's anger from childhood, from the abuse that I went through, deep abuse. And then played that abuse out in my environment. Like a lot of stuff there. And the anger, the stuffed down anger that was woven around organs. And, and all the stockpile on top of that. <sighs> so grateful to have cleared that through my body. I'm not saying it's completely gone. I'm open to it arising arrive, arising as much as it needs to. Here's the thing. And here's in like some people that I support. And I see it in my containers sometimes. People are like, I've already done that. I've already looked at that. For me, I, could be like, I already worked on that anger. No, something's going to come up as many times as it needs to come up until it just doesn't. It's not linear. A part of you or a part of us wants it to be complete and a certain time frame that's ego that's attachment oh it should have been done by now i'm sick of looking at it what that's all self-created if you're committed to the path of the work to your own liberation it's like great it's here here is that thread again i give it my full presence my full awareness my full attention all right baby girl let's get in bed let's feel it let's make some sounds let's breathe it through you know what i'm saying Oh, I'm so grateful for awareness. I'm so grateful for continuous learning. I'm so grateful <laughs> that I created a life where I can be silent and still and create things and feel the feelings and have have a mirror in my environment that brings up things that would never be brought up if I was on my own by myself. And that is impeccable in holding space. I'm like, who the fuck are you? How do you hold space like this? This is like insane. But how could it be anything like that? Because, of course, I would create that for myself. I would never be with anything less. I'd just be single. And then use every moment as my teacher. Every person is my teacher. Someone who's going to be with me needs to be of a highest caliber. <laughs> and Sage is of a pretty high caliber. And like I said, we did our work and it was complete. It was complete. And then I met Jer. And when I look back on the first time of the Zoom call, it was like something was saying, all right, it's time. Are you fucking ready to do this? Let's go. Like something deeper. It's like it's time. <laughs> it's like we've been dancing for lifetimes, lifetimes, lifetimes. And they come through. That will be a future episode. Our first fight was something that happened in a another lifetime. How freaking nuts does that sound? <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that some other time. <sighs> All right. Is there anything else that wants to come through that wants to be said? 
anger is such a powerful energy of creation but as a society we're told that it's bad and wrong and when it comes up we project it on whatever is bringing it up it's rare that someone's courageous enough to sit with it and look inside because it's so deeply programmed that it's bad and wrong but i'm convinced it's the most powerful energy of creation i've ever experienced in my life and if one can harness their anger and bring it through from a neutral space and implement a creation or a project when it's backed with that type of diesel fuel it's unstoppable and it's beautiful but if it's woven with make wrong, it's destructible. It's such a force. It's such a beautiful force. And I'm in deeper inquiry around this. That's one of my ongoing things at the moment of, wow, understanding this beautiful force that is programmable. It's all about awareness and perspective. If you have an expansive awareness and you're not a victim, then the possibilities are endless. But when you're a victim, there's not very many possibilities. And here's something else I want to say. And I think I'm complete. One can play a victim their entire life and there's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, we all love to be the victim. We feel the most self-love, a lot of us, when we're playing victim, especially when we're sick. And we're like, oh, I'm sick. That's sometimes the only time a person gives their own being love is when they curl up in bed and they're, they let themselves rest because they're sick. They cancel all plans. It, that's, it feels good actually located that in myself one time of not wanting to shift the victim because it's like how will I receive self-love and I had to rewrite that program like what that's outdated I love you so fully how can I show you more but if one wants to be the victim for the rest of her life that's fine there's nothing wrong with it I understand the way that I'm speaking one could take my words and say it's wrong I'm only speaking my own journey and I desire to see everyone as a sovereign creator outside of the triangle, outside of the looping victim, perpetrator, rescuer. Give me your hand. Let's skip around this thing and all shift roles. Give me that hat. I'll play the perpetrator. Now you're the victim. You're so, I'm so bad. I'm making you wrong. You poor little victim. I'm a victim. Look at all these, look at all this evidence, evidence, evidence. You know what I mean? Rescuer. Then... <laughs> just like it's the common main program running can hear it all over just turn on your television if you want to see it <sighs> my first course was all about that and I still have people from that course I think that was my best course and I want to bring another one back about that the victim perpetrator rescuer getting having completion conversations taking responsibility um, I still get reflections on how life-changing that was for the people who fully showed up in that me too, man. The triangle changed my life to really anchor in when I realized, oh, shoot, I have a choice. <laughs> Dang it. Can't I pretend I don't? All right, fam. Anything else? What am I even going to title this as? Don't even know what I said. Need to go back through. Ding, 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 ding. The thing is, I can edit it and add in chimes, but I don't edit my podcast ever. I just record and post. <laughs> I don't want to edit it, so I'm not going to. But pretend there's chimes, and thank you for tuning in with me today. And yeah, a lot of you have been saying anger's been coming up. So I did a 
practice for it on my Patreon per request. And I posted about it and a lot of people were like, can I have that practice? <laughs> There's a lot of anger coming up for me. I'm like, girl, it's in the collective. Feel it, boo. And here's the practice. Um, so let me know if you want that practice too. Okay. Talk to you soon. Ta-ta.